In today's show, how ChatGPT is credited for helping to save a dog's life. And in Australia, which is where I am right now, dog trainers are learning how to do their jobs better by training chickens. And poo bag etiquette. What do you do with yours? And is it ever okay to leave it to collect later? That and more on today's show. Welcome to Hound Headlines. I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Claire Mansell in Jarvis Bay, Australia. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Everpup. Let's first start off in the United States, where a Twitter user tweeted, ChatGPT4 may have saved my dog's life. Did you see this story, Claire? I did, Jim, and I thought immediately of you because I know you have a bit of a love affair with ChatGPT. We'll say that five times fast. Yeah, I do love ChatGPT4. I think AI in general is pretty amazing. I know there's a lot of potential negative repercussions behind it, but uh, it's pretty powerful. And in this case, there was a dog who was saved by it, at least according to his owner, a dog named Sassy, who is a border collie, has an owner who goes by the Twitter handle Cooper. And Cooper posted this very long informative thread, and we will have a link to that in today's show notes, that stated that ChatGPT4 saved my dog's life. What happened is he noticed that his dog had pale gums. He took his dog to the veterinarian. The vet diagnosed it with anemia, but the dog wasn't getting any better. So the vet didn't know what else to do. And so what he did, what Cooper did, is he took the results, all the blood work and stuff that he'd gotten from the vet, and put it into ChatGPT4. And ChatGPT said, I'm not a veterinarian, but based on what you're presenting, I think it could be immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, IMHA, which is something that I didn't know, but I'm not a vet. We have a lot of vets who work with us, but it was a really interesting thing. And so he got a second opinion from another veterinarian and he asked the vet, Hey, could this be this thing that ChatGPT identified? And the vet did a bunch of tests and lo and behold, that was in fact it. I love the fact that ChatGPT in its short existence has gone from being something which high school students use to cheat on their exams <laughs> to something that is actually useful. And we're kind of learning what it can be used for in a constructive way rather than kind of being lazy with it and getting it to do things that it's not necessarily good at. I think it has so many exciting applications and it's free or if you get the paid version, it's $20 a month and it can work for you tirelessly. This is not an ad for ChatGPT, although if you would like to advertise, <laughs> um, but I don't think they need the exposure. But what is interesting in terms of how it can benefit us dog lovers is Cooper had all the medical results and the reports that he was then able to put into ChatGPT. So it's a good idea when you go to the vet and they run all those labs and they give you that. So ask for a printout yeah, or ask for maybe the file that you can then upload and then give that information because it can maybe only be more helpful. And how often, Jim, do you see those kind of stories where it says a dog was diagnosed with something really obscure and they say the only reason that the vet was able to diagnose this was because he had experienced a case, you know, 20 years ago or something. And so it's, you know, vet's knowledge is often 
only as good as what they've been exposed to. You know, they have the knowledge of, like all of us, you know, the life experience. Whereas ChatGPT has this vast knowledge of the whole of the internet. It's like the hive mind. And so it can dive into that and it can pull out a diagnosis that someone in a professional capacity as a vet might never have come across. It's fascinating. And again, it's only ChatGPT4. It's going to get better and better. And it's here to stay. And we dog lovers could embrace it from that perspective of, you know, being able to help us medically. But it's not just about dogs. It could help us humans in the same way. So yeah, it's it's really interesting. Did you see actually, Jim, that in that thread, someone had responded and said that they had done the same thing with an obscure medical diagnosis that they had had. They had mm-hmm. given it to chat GPT. And based on the symptoms, it had diagnosed the same thing that the specialist had diagnosed. So they were sort of testing it out to see, would it work with humans? So yes, it absolutely would do. So the potential of this and the potential for, you know, I think about people who are in remote locations and don't have access to medical services. But if you could tap into this and know, is it urgent? Is it something that needs to be treated? It's incredible, isn't it? Well, Claire, let's move on from the United States and wherever ChatGPT is, which is everywhere, to where you are, Australia. Yeah, so uh, I'm down under for a couple of weeks. And in fact, you don't look down under. Is, is this the down <laughs> under set? That little picture behind you? Look, it's yeah, really Australia, I guys. promised you, Jim, didn't I? I promised you that there would be palm trees and beaches and things like that. Well, the palm trees and beaches are here, but it's pouring with rain at the moment, which is why I'm not outside. So for the benefit of anyone who is watching this on YouTube, here is the view from where I am right now. That's pretty nice. Uh, see, this is the reason you should be watching the YouTube channel if you're just listening to the MP3 audio. That's beautiful. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just making it up. Okay. There was lovely B-roll. That you shot with your own camera. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was the beach near us yesterday, so that's lovely. Now, down here in Australia, one of the stories that grabbed my attention this week is about dog training. And this is not a new idea, but it's something that has arrived newly in Australia. And it's the idea of using chickens to train dog trainers. Now, this is... I have to say, when I first read this, Jim, I thought, oh, this is just a PR stunt. They're not really doing this. They're just doing it for a good story. And then, you know, they'll get rid of the chickens, eat them for supper or something. But no, this is this is something that's been going on. Did you realize for 20 years with this American dog trainer? Wait, this is an American idea? I thought this was silly enough to be not an American (laughs) idea. What? Yeah. So this is originally an American idea. It's an American dog trainer behind it. And she has been using this method for 20 years. And as I say, it's only just sort of arrived in Australia and they've started using it with one of their dog training facilities. We export our best ideas. Wow. Why (laughs) Why do you use a chicken to train a dog? Well, this is kind of clever. So dogs, as we know, love to please humans, right? So Mm -hmm. they will do pretty much anything to make their humans happy and to get a treat, you know? And uh, so they're quite easy to train. But the idea is you take an animal that's really stubborn and has no interest in pleasing humans. And if you can train that animal, which in this case is a chicken, then it's so much easier to train a dog. So what they do with these chickens is they they teach them to do slalom. They use clicker training. They'll get them to do sort of certain courses like obstacles. Wait, they use clicker training with the chickens? Yes, yes. <laughs> 
And apparently chickens are really quick. So you have to be really quick with the clicker. So you have to click a treat, boom, because otherwise they forget that they've, you know, the, the clicker is associated with the treats. Yeah, they do have bird brains. Wow. Wow. And of course, the great thing about chickens is because they're that much smaller, you can do the training on like a tabletop and you can you can pick them up and put them back at the start of the, the course Very really portable. easily. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> Wow. So, and then so when it's going, it, when then when it's all done, you get food for the dog. No, we won't go there. Oh, wow. don't go there. Don't Ooh, go there. The vegetarians gonna, don't will write be me, furious. Don't write me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, that is uh, that's how they do it in Australia, but it's an export from America. Yeah. So this is a big thing, and already it's been very successful. And I love the comment from the American dog trainer who is called Terry Ryan. She said. There's not much call for trained chickens, but there's a lot of call for a person that can train dogs and dogs fit into certain roles of life. So it's, you know, it's not about training the chickens. It's about training the humans to be really good dog trainers. We're going to take a quick break right here. But when we come back, you will hear a story that originated in the UK, New York City and Australia about poop bag etiquette. We'll be right back. And now a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. <laughs> no matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life. And the next, and the next, and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. Welcome back to Hound Headlines from Dog Edition at Dog Podcast Network. Well, moving on, let's head to the U.K. for a story that, that you're familiar with, Claire. Yeah, this is not a name that you're going to particularly know, Jim, but I had to give a mention this week to Paul O'Grady. Now, for our UK listeners, they will know Paul O'Grady very well. He is an entertainer. He's a sort of former drag artist because he kind of moved on from the drag artist thing. He's a comedian and he's also very much a dog lover and an ambassador for rescue dogs. And very sadly this week, Paul died quite unexpectedly at the age of 67. So there's been a huge outpouring mm. of uh, just affection for him because he was a real national treasure. You know, he kind of came into our consciousness as this incredible sort of um, 
uh, outrageous drag artist called Lily Savage. And from that, he progressed to being much more of a family entertainer on TV. And he was an ambassador for Battersea Dogs Home, which is one of the UK's oldest and best known dog rescue centres. And from that, he also went on to do a TV show, which was all about rehoming rescue dogs. And he had a real affection for rescue dogs. He had five of them himself. So, in fact, he had it written into the contract, apparently, that he could no longer adopt dogs from Battersea Dogs Home because he, every time he did a series there, he was taking one home because he couldn't resist them. <laughs> So he has he has very sadly passed away, but he's somebody who will be remembered with great affection by everybody in the dog community in the UK. We will post a link to learn more about him and an appreciation in today's show notes. From there, let's move on to something um, not quite as sobering, poop bag etiquette. And of course, again, we start in England for that, Claire. Yes. And did you see, Jim, the location that this story originated from? This is just brilliant, right? So, small town. It's a town that I had never heard of. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's called Fetchum. It's a dog story and it's from a town called Fetchum. That's very funny. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. Uh, so the story is that this town of Fetchum, the local council is trying to come up with a way of getting more dog poo bags to be taken home, to be disposed of. It's a problem that is not just unique to that council or to the UK, it happens all over the world. The idea they have come up with, instead of buying another dog bin, which might be logical, they have created these sort of artificial trees. So they're kind of um, wooden structures with arms. And the idea is that you can rest your dog poo bag on one of these arms while you go off for your walk and then collect it at the end of the walk and take it home with you. And so this has prompted a lot of questions, not least of all, why are you not just putting another dog poo bag bin in there instead of making people take them home? But it's that whole question of, Dog poo bag etiquette. Is it okay, Jim, to leave your bag knowing that you're going to come back for it later, for instance? Because you just don't want to carry it around. Well, when I walk on the beach in the morning, of course, uh, my dog may, you know, make a deposit. And, yeah. and I pick it up dutifully, pun intended. But I don't necessarily want to walk the entire <laughs> length of the beach carrying a poop bag. So where I left my sandals, I, yeah. I put this poo bag nicely tied up on top of my sandals. Clearly, I think that I'm sending a signal to anyone that, yeah, I'll be back to collect my shoes and, and my... So, so hang on, you, you specifically take your sandals off so that you can leave them as a sort of marker with your dog poo bag? Well, I like to walk barefoot on the sand, yeah. But, but what happens if, if the dog does its business after you've taken your sandals off? I, I schlep, mean, would you, all, would I schlep you... all the way back to the sandals and put it there. <laughs> I do. We never, I, is, I just don't want to carry the poo bag. And there are no, you know, waste cans on, yeah, on the beach itself. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. So I have a thing that if I have to leave my poo bag and I'm coming back for it, I very much make sure that it looks, because, you know, if a poo bag's been left and forgotten, it gets sort of flattened by the rain and things and it's sort of squashed right. and low down. So <laughs> if I'm leaving one, I kind of get the, the handles and sort of stretch them up so it's very upright you know so it kind of looks it's like it's been deliberately etiquette. yeah it's been deliberately placed there somebody is coming you back put some it. firmness into that plastic poo bag yeah <laughs> let people know yeah. that i will be back because i'm signaling that it's sort of like how you fold a napkin and let the waiter know that you're not done with your meal okay yes. so this is again poo bag 
etiquette. Yes. And uh, I'm glad to hear that they're figuring out trees and things like that in England. But England isn't the only place where people have dogs that poop. They poop everywhere. Uh, we did some more digging, <coughs> pun intended, and discovered a very fun ordinance in New York City. I'm going to read this to you. This is from the New York City Department of Sanitation about failure to remove canine waste. Each person who owns or controls a dog must remove any feces left by a dog on a sidewalk, gutter, street, or any other. The person may remove the feces and carry it with them away from for his or her own disposal in a toilet or their own trash container or trash bag. The feces may also be placed in a non-leaking sealed bag container and deposited in a DSNY, I guess that's the Sanitation Department, litter waste basket. But the first preference is that you take the poop bag home and, and use your own toilet to dispose of it or your own trash. New York City. I, I can't help but think of the visuals on this. And I kind of feel like, yeah, it's the whole turning it out of the poo bag. That, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are less solid than other ones. Oh, it's not a good thought, is it? I'm going to guess that a lot of New Yorkers don't know about this law, and um, you should. Yeah. But you're able to use a, a city trash can, or if there's a good rule of this, does not apply if you have a guide dog, a seeing eye dog. So oh, there well, you can let them enough. poop, yeah. and I don't even think you have to pick it up. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, here in Australia, they have another sort of dog poo related problem, which is that they've got a national DIY, like home improvement store chain called Bunnings, which is like a, again, a, a really um, treasured national business. Mm -hmm. And people love going there and you're allowed to take your dog there. But all too often, apparently... <laughs> dogs have accidents in the store and the staff are like I am not paid enough to deal with this so they've come up with a solution which is apparently in some of the stores now when you go in with your trolley your cart they will give you a big sort of sheet of cardboard and the idea is get your dog to sort of sit on the cardboard in the cart and that hopefully well I mean if they have an accident at least it'll be contained on the cardboard but it should put them off having an accident at all so that's one way where they're trying to get around the problem hmm. I love it. And so there's dog etiquette for poop removal all over the world. If you're watching this and thinking, you know, I have a strange story from where I live, we'll share it with us because we'd love to hear. Contact us at dogpodcastnetwork.com and we could use your fun poop story in a future episode. Well, that is all the time we have for today's show. I want to encourage you to check out next week's episode of Dog Edition, where we're talking about dogs and wheelchairs, wheelchairs for dogs. That's on Dog Edition next week. You can get that wherever you get your podcast or in this very feed, either as an MP3 or on YouTube. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Everpup. Everpup is the ultimate daily dog supplement. It is filled with minerals and vitamins and prebiotics and probiotics and dietary apoptogens. It is a delicious sprinkle on green powder that makes whatever you feed your dog even more nutritious. It comes with a money back guarantee. And if you join the Everpup Club, you can try a jar for only $8. It's normally $30. Only $8 when you use the listener code DPN as in Dog Podcast Network. Go to everpupclub.com. 
If you're watching this on YouTube, please do subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening to this on your podcast app, then please follow along. I'm Claire Mansell in Jarvis Bay in Australia. And I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, I'd like to wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.